gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to Maybe I've Said Too Much, a slightly newish internet podcast. Let's see if we can't keep your attention through this fourth episode. My name is Mike Laffey, and I will again be your host and guide on this trip of maker madness. As always, I'm joined by my other eardrum incinerators, Joel Crawford and Izzy Swan. Gentlemen, are we really doing this again? It, it appears so, but you know what? The best thing about your intro is that I feel welcome. I feel very welcome. <laughs> welcome, welcome, and welcome. I, I, I feel welcome a lot. I do. Yeah, same here. I'm feeling the love, man. I'm feeling the love. Thank you is so he, much. Is he chiming in from uh, South Canada uh, this yep. evening? Yeah, just south of Canada. A short <laughs> swim and I'd be a Canadian. Yes, and a cold Or, or what yeah. we like to call terrorists from up north. There so, we go. I, yes. I think we have at least a couple subscribers that listen to this from up there. So we well, not not all. We of just them, lost some of them. Right. Yeah. Right. With our, well, uh, it's you know it's those sadly those two people, and I feel bad for it. <laughs> both of Let's our talk. listeners. Are both of our listeners. Let's we, go we, on. We 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 had a huge fan base in Saskatchewan. <laughs> bunch of lumber folks up there that's right yeah well uh so so uh guys um uh, you know we we do the uh, the usual what you've been up to since the last time we talked uh izzy i will start with you since you're uh globe trotting uh what you what you've been doing since uh, episode three I was really looking forward to doing another one of those instant segues into our topic, but since you put me first, I, I have to actually talk about stuff. Yes. I did Thank that you so much. Completely intentionally, by the way. I figured you might have. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I've been out uh, traveling the world. I just did Maker Fair a couple weeks ago, and um, I did some hanging out in Southern California, which was beautiful, absolutely gorgeous. And I've been hanging out on the other end of the world, up in Upper Michigan, uh, Upper Peninsula of Michigan, the UP. I'm a Uper, it's where I'm from. Mm-hmm. So I've been here hanging out for a, a week with my mom, getting a chance to hang out with her and visit a little bit and see, you know, go to the old stopping grounds, check out the cool sites. So that's been fun. I, um, my mom got me a new shirt. You guys, see, check this out. You guys see this? It's, uh, it says T-Rex hates push-ups, and it's a T-Rex trying to do a push-up. You know, so <laughs> that's pretty yeah, awesome. Isn't that cute? That's cute, right? Well, let me tell yeah. you the story. It's a short one, but I'll, I got to tell you. So tonight, we have an hour. Take all the time you need. I, I decided that you know we I've been here for four days, five days now, and I had not taken mom out to eat yet. So you know, being a good son, I'm like I'm going to take mom to a nice restaurant. And of course, I'm going to wear the shirt she got me because that's what good sons do, right? Well, I said, Mom, please get ready. We're going to go to a restaurant for dinner. And I went out and sat in the truck and I was talking on the phone again. <laughs> Imagine that. Mm-hmm. And then um, she comes out, bless her heart, wearing a bright red t shirt that has the exact same logo on it. <laughs> did you have matching logo shirts? We did. So, I. And I was going to take her to this nice restaurant where they have my favorite beer, Black and Voodoo. And it's a nice little Cajun place. You can get really good alligator tail. It's just, it's a nice restaurant, though. We ended up at Red Lobster. Yeah, I was not going to that place with matching logo shirts at my, with my mom. <laughs> well, I mean, how often, first of all, are you in, uh, you know, that area? And secondarily, it, any place that sells alligator tail is somehow judgmental. Am I? Am I oh, no, that right? this is—they have snooty Cajun places up here. That's a thing. That's a thing. Well, in Marquette, oh. we have 
you know, it's not like in, in Charleston, if you want to go to a really nice restaurant, you have about 400 choices. Mm-hmm. Here, if you want to go to a really nice restaurant, you have three. Oh, well, two and a half. One's questionable. Depends on the night. Um, you know, so it's, you know, it's not like, you know, word gets around here, and I'm known in this community. I'm not showing up at one of these places wearing a, a, a matching t-shirt with my mother. I love her to death, but it's just not going to happen. <coughs> Well, so. clearly you're not well known. If that's the thing that you know you don't want people to see, because I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, what truth, are we talking about? <laughs> there's truth in that. There's truth in that statement. That's for sure. So, well, it's all about perspective. You know, everything's about perspective. So, by the fair way, enough. Uh, fair uh, enough. Mike, uh, alligator t- uh, tail was a euphemism in college. I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, dear Lord. <laughs> <laughs> and there goes the PG-13 hater. That's right. So that is that is my adventure for the day. It was very, very fun. <laughs> and uh, we, had a wonderful di- we had a wonderful dinner at Red Lobster. <laughs> Man, those, it's just the biscuits. I think they lace them with crack or something. It's You can oh. go through like 17 buttered biscuits and be like... I'm ready I, I, for my fish now. Yeah, I I don't know. I think they do that on purpose just because it's, you know, then they put the food in front of you and you're no longer hungry because you're full of biscuits. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's just I mean, a mess with re- your head. They can't resell the lobster, do they? I mean, I haven't, I haven't been to a red lobster in probably 20 years, so I'm not really sure. Yeah. But This is my first time back to a red lobster in probably eight years, so I don't know. What they did. I, I, and I'm pretty sure, and I'm glad we recorded it because otherwise no one would believe us. But I think that's the first time anyone's actually said "wonderful dinner" at Red Lobster. Yeah, so that's well, a, you know, you can't be too picky when you live in the U. Yeah, are they? We're we're not going to them for sponsorship by any chance, are we? Because I have to edit that part out. No, absolutely not. <laughs> right, and, you know, <laughs> it, it doesn't really matter because you know I, I was just we were talking about this the other day. There's 300 and uh, Census Bureau says there's 313,000 people here that live in the UP, in a state bigger than well, I don't know half the other states. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, th- this half of the state is bigger than half the other states. Um, so it's it's a very sparse place. Do you have um? Now I I grew up in Wisconsin, not sure. far from you. My parents moved even farther north into the Hayward area. Sure. Um, and so that's like Eagle River, Hayward. That like basically it's like a like a just a short throw from like Michigan and Superior and stuff like that. So. Yeah. A lot of times they had like supper clubs. Like there yes. weren't many franchises, so you'd have like uh, the equivalent of Bubba. You know, it'd be like it'd be like Johnny Island Supper Club. You know, opens yep. at five thirty or four thirty for the blue hair crowd, and they would have a they'd have you know red velvet walls, yep. and uh, and you know tinted smoky uh, uh, water glasses. And yep. it's it's a different experience. I and I don't know how to explain it for people who haven't been in that rural area yeah. or those areas. Um, yeah, we still have one supper club here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think mm-hmm. they're a dying breed, kind of like smorgasbords. <laughs> yeah, I, you know the that, a lot of the doctors really and lawyers. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, doctors. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm being interested. You know, oh, yeah. snooty Cajun places and uh, and smorgasbords. I, I'm, I'm I feel completely out of my element here. I don't know about the other supper clubs, but this is not a smorgasbord. It is uh, definitely um, antiquated by every by every sense of the word. Mm. But it, it it's um it's an interesting place to hang out. So. Yeah, you get like your creamed spinach, and you get your pork right. chop for the night, and you know. Or, yeah, bruschetta or some you know that's yeah. that's that's fancy up here. You get if you order bruschetta, you're you know you're in the know. You're so. in the, you're the uppity. life. That's right, right. uppity. 
Nice. Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, I am so, so I'm, uh, youpers are going to hate me if they no. I hope no youpers ever hear this podcast. <laughs> so, at which, based on our last downloads, is entirely possible. So that's uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. You know, I, I will say this: I love the UP, um, and, and it's the if, to me, it's the most beautiful place on the planet. It's my Eden. And uh, being back up here and getting to visit the old house and some of the places that I fish and the little places I would crawl to and hike to um, has just been, it's been soul cleansing and, you know, it's just been really reinvigorated my spirit. So it's been... Very worthy uh, trip spent, um, you know, getting to see family again and um, being able to take my mom to Red Lobster and all that good stuff has just been a really good. It's been a real good trip, and I, I've kind of taken the the last three weeks off of making videos or doing pretty much anything just to kind of focus on on um, self, you know, solidarity that sort of thing, and it's been it's been really nice. So. And you got to have those times. I mean, you know, you get to, yeah. you, 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 otherwise, you know, what are you doing all this for? You know what I mean? Right. It's like, yeah. you got to stop and smell the roses. It was at Ferris Bueller, I think, one of the, uh, wasn't he one of the prophets of the, uh, the I Old believe Testament? He was, I believe it was Old Testament. Yeah, so, you uh, know, he's, uh, life Ferris, moves pretty fast. It, you yeah, might, Fer- <laughs> stop Ferris 1, 1, chapter 8, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> second Bueller. <laughs> Mike, what have you been up to? Uh, working. I have a, uh, you know, I, I haven't built a whole lot. This last weekend was uh, Memorial Day weekend, and we had um, a thousand children in my house pretty much the whole time. It was we were celebrating birthdays, and um, when I was a kid, we didn't have a lot of. My mother wasn't prone to, uh, hey, have your friends come over and let's hang out type of things. So we didn't have a lot of that as children. So when I got older and started having my own kids, if they ask, can so-and-so come over, can so-and-so spend the night? My answer is almost always yes, because that was a was an experience I had a lot of when I was a child. So this weekend, I, I said yes so many times to so many different people that I woke up at one point and there was nine, I think, women in my home, you know, mostly teens or under teens spending the night hanging out for the weekend you know just it was a little hot so it was (laughs) so that's um i don't know what you do for relaxation but that is not what i do for relaxation so yeah yeah. this last weekend was a i was just gonna say like did you wake up in like the middle of the night and try to get to the bathroom and like even the hallway was littered with small petite bodies Like you know, yeah, it looks like a, I mean, it looks like a refugee encampment. We just had right. all, the, all the camping gear was all out. You know, we've got. Uh, I mean, when I bought when I bought my house, I live with four women anyway. So um, one of the things I had to have was four bathrooms, so that you know there was there, there, everybody could have a bathroom and there'd be no punching anyone in the face. Um, so you know that was the uh, so we have enough space to manage that many people, but it's it's a lot of folks, man. It's mm. a lot of people. Especially when they're all just giggling little girls, which do, I mean, do it's all cute. Of- it's cute Saturday night. Sunday night it gets to be a bit much, and then by Monday afternoon it's like, all right. So who needs a ride home? Right. <laughs> do, do they all have their their cell phones? Uh, yeah, we have we do have a little bit of policy around that. So you, you're not allowed to uh, if, if you go out by the fire pit, you can't have your phone with you. Um, no, you're allowed to have them at the dinner table. So, and if I see you on it too much, I will chastise you publicly and make you put it away. So well, the uh, I, it's funny I, because I'm picturing this small huddle of of girls that have invaded your your kingdom, and 
and I'm thinking of the poor cell towers. You know, just just everybody like blacked out. You know, this is like some sort of. You know, I can see the FBI going. There's a terrorist organization that's taken over the communications. I and... uh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, the Wi-Fi slowed down just a bit. I can't imagine at all. <laughs> so, but uh, Joel, um, actually, did we talk about the laser yet? I don't think we brought that up. Really. No, not yet. I was kind of looking forward to it. Yeah, we're contractually obligated. Have you made anything with a laser? No, this, I last didn't. Week? I, I didn't. Oh. I actually, it's it's sitting there getting dust on it right now. This is a off laser week. I had, my, of course, my big news is that I had a cyst Brain. removed on the top of my head, and uh, that took up today. Um, but I, my doctor's awesome. He's like seven foot, looks like Ron Howard. It's like Opie's operating on you. And uh, and uh, uh, it, he was in and out, and everything got done. And then my guys were working at the shop today doing their things. And we make a product called a, a Page Pal. And they're uh, just a little book holder opener. It's actually one of our better sellers. And they just, they literally made, I think the count was like 460 of them. Um, and they're they're going through the process, like actually making them mm-hmm. out, of, like like pulling them like you would on a bandsaw and popping them out of wood is the easy part. The rest of it, actually hand finishing something that you're going to be touching with your hands, that becomes the three day saga of doing like 500 of those. So that's you know that's that's about it. Other than that, um, I'm trying to think if there's anything that was uh, stupendous or amazing. My wife left me. Uh, but only for a short term, and she went down to Florida with the kids, mm-hmm. which is which is nice. They're gonna hang out with my brother, and uh, and uh, hang out at uh, Casa del Crawford in the in the Florida area. And then I'm keeping the you know keeping the doors open and uh, making sure the house doesn't burn down. Mm. Actually, at some point in that, I think I could have segued very poorly into. Uh our topic of conversation for the day. <laughs> so, are you, uh, are you saying bosses, or, or because of, I mentioned my wife? Uh, well, either and there was actually a number of places that I thought I could I could have jumped in, but yeah, your wife uh, as a conversation, or you talking about your guys, quote unquote. Yeah. Um, so yeah, but the uh, for those who don't know, uh, and you wouldn't because you weren't here before we started this conversation. Um, one of the topics that we wanted to kind of hit on, particularly tonight, is the uh, the the idea of being a boss. Being, you know, we've talked about sort of you're creating your own business and what's involved in all that. But what is a what does it mean to be a boss? Whether it be your own boss, be a boss of people, you know, whatever whatever that whole thing is. And um, and one thing I know is whether you work for somebody or are somebody who has employees, everyone has an opinion of. Uh, a manager or a boss type. So now if you if you listen very quietly on the Tuesday night we released this, you can hear half the planet saying amen all at the same time. <laughs> so, yes. All, all, all four of you. All, um, all, well, other than the two Canadian terrorists we lost prior to the, uh, you know, if, they, if they're still with us, of course, you know, then thankfully but um so yeah so that would be the uh, you know just sort of you say your guys um yeah you know yeah. so you're you are as we refer to it the man so well, all hate and and bad things upon you <laughs> yeah so i was i was um 
I was I was thinking about this topic when we, we, we had talked about this, and I thought, you know, one of the things that whether you're starting a business or not, um, sometimes you end up in a managerial role, and the it, it affects us. It, I mean, assuming you're not going to be flipping burgers or fries, you're eventually going to be, you know, uh, promoted to head janitor, and uh, you're going to have to be in charge of a couple other janitors. Um and that's that's a thing that you have to actually, you know, you have to do your job, and you have to make sure other people are doing their job, and so it kind of affects us all. But it's really important when you have your own business, because not only do you have to manage your time, but the people that are there are literally taking money out of your pocket, hopefully, hopefully, to get you more money because of their effort. Um, sometimes that's not always the case, but. Um, but that's part of managing their time and, and their direction. So I thought, I thought, what a, what a fantastic way to relate to almost everybody, whether you're starting a business or not. I mean, yeah. I mean, who doesn't? Who doesn't? Like I said, I mean, who doesn't have an idea of particularly what a bad manager is, you know, or a bad boss, or you know, the bad guy in charge? I mean, there's there is no shortage of opinions on that, right? So it's just. Um, uh, and and I, we we should probably focus some energy on that. I mean, it's um, I you know I am a uh, the team leader for the group I have, so I have twelve people, I think twelve, yeah, twelve people that work under me at this point. So you should um, probably know that. Well, it's it, I, there's some people that I don't count as people, so you know they're just they're kind of there, but they, you know, but, but that's another you know they might listen to this, so I don't want to say their names out loud, but. Um, so yeah, so we have you know folks that uh, that you know take direction and, and things like that for me now. For what I do, um, I, being a team leader means that I also do the job they do. I just happen to know the answers to their questions, and um, you know I, I've been doing this long enough that it, there's not a lot of situations you're going to find me in where I'm going to have you know problems I can't kind of get my way out of. And I have the respect and authority to make decisions and help people out. So I don't have a lot of the flack that a lot of managers get. You know, the the old meme you see going around the difference between a leader and a boss. You know, the leader's out in front pulling the sleigh and the boss is in the back riding it type of thing. So I don't really have that you know, where I come from because I do the job they do every day. So it's... They don't go well. You don't know what this is like, you know, and because I'll slap them in the mouth. That's just you know, but that <laughs> that's not acceptable. Um, and if human resources so, is listening to this, we don't actually slap them in the mouth. So I have a question about Thanks. your style. And Izzy, I, I want to ask you the same question. Um, are you a dick? Uh, I yeah. I don't. I mean, I, I think I am, but uh, you know, but not in like a bad way. You know, it's a. Um, like, are you crunchy on the outside, soft in the middle kind of thing? Uh, probably not. I mean, our office environment is one where I'm fortunate that most of the guys that we, guys and girls that we work with, um, they're all sort of in their, you know, 30s, you know, 30 or, you know, early 30s, early 40s, that type of thing. So it's a, it's a good group of people. There's not, you know, not a, lot, not a lot of sensitive people. There's not a lot of people that require a lot of hand holding. Everybody just kind of says what they're thinking. So there's not a lot of, you know, there, there's not a lot of attitude to manage. There's just these scenarios, which is, I mean, incredibly wonderful, especially because what we do is not generally that hard unless you're an idiot and then you can make it really hard, you know. So, um, 
so yeah, so I don't think that uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't label myself that way necessarily, but I think that people looking in our group from the outside probably disagree. But it's just you know that's kind of the 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 way we treat each other. There's always respect, even though we kind of torture each other the whole time. <laughs> so um, all right, so so Izzy, would you say because you've run you run a shop, right? I mean, yes. when you were when you were when you were building furniture and designing, you had a vision mm-hmm. of what you wanted to accomplish. You knew mm-hmm. the timetable of things having to get made, yep. right? Would you consider your management style? Were you a dick? No, um, I. You know, there were, as you guys well know, any type of management position or a leadership position or being the boss. It, it, there are points, no matter what you do, that you're going to have to be um, firm. Um, that's just that's just you know the nature of the beast, um, and it depends a lot on on how you cultivate the relationships with the people who you work with or work for you. Um, for me, I spent a lot of time, a lot of time and energy uh, instilling a, a, a feeling of equality between everyone. You know, like I was, you know, I wouldn't ask them to do anything I wouldn't do. Kind of a situation. In fact, you know, I shared a lot of the the mundane responsibilities with employees. Um, so if we had to spend six hours sitting in front of a, you know, a, a, a horizontal be- uh, belt sander sanding little leaf parts, um, we'd take turns doing that. And I would take my turn just as much as I, anyone else would. So I tried very hard to cultivate a team type of mentality. Um, I, I, I don't like the word family, especially, you know, if, if I went to an interview and somebody said, we are a family here, I would walk out of the interview because I'm not there to be a family. I'm there for a job to get paid. Right. <laughs> you know, that, that's just somebody's way of saying, hey, I'm going to take advantage of you and pay you as little as I possibly can. Welcome to the family. That's exactly you know. what my parents did. You know, and um, that's, uh, you know, so for me, it was all about team effort, you know, equality, uh, trying to cultivate a, uh, a, a really strong kind of uh, team type of attitude about things, you know, delegating responsibility to every person, whether they just started or whether they've been there for six years, um, they had responsibility to keep track of everyone else, so to speak, in, in small ways. Like, you know, the thing we talked about, I think it was episode one, where he talked about, you know, I made everybody wear a tool pouch. And it wasn't, you know, some big, huge construction harness. It was just where they could keep their tape measure, a square, pencil, that sort of thing. So they weren't, uh, you know, shopping around about it. Or you know, spending wasting time looking for that stuff, and um, you know, and at the end of you know every pay period, they would get a twenty dollars bonus in their you know check if I never caught anybody with it off. So every, every and every because that made people police themselves, you know, and they weren't jerks about it. They said, hey, you know, Billy, get your you know get your pouch on, you know, because sometimes people forget. Uh, so I cultivated a lot of stuff like that. I never tried. I never tried to be an authoritarian figure. Um, I tried to keep everything very well organized in in um, in that team kind of mentality, and, and it worked really well for me. I've, I've had guys, you know, that worked for me for years, and you know, still call me up to this day and say, "Man, that's the best job I ever had." If you ever let, you know, if you ever start a furniture company, you know, I'm in. So uh, for me, that was that was kind of. I found that uh, that type of, of uh, mental attitude towards the team and, you know, we needed to get this order out. This is the time frame it took to build this particular piece. People, everybody knew that if they were building the flower sofa table, they had seven hours to build it, you know. And 
they knew how to get it done and people would jump in and help and motivate and keep people on task and um, you know and it was it was just a really the that environment worked for that it wouldn't work for every environment especially I don't think it would work in an office environment as much but because we were all working in this uh, shop space and we were working closely with each other all day long, it was we were able to kind of you know be there to encourage and help along and and, and uh, motivate. So that was really my uh, my type of uh, management or or leadership or boss ship, if you want to you know, type of well, and, boss and ship. So you're, uh, I mean, to to kind of you know flip the question a little bit and, and pose it back to you guys. What do you think? You know, when Joel, when you say, you know, were you a dick? What do you think makes up the characteristics of that person? Like, well, you know, as, as a boss or a manager? Right. So I'll tell you, if you ask me the same question, I'll probably say kind of. Because um, I, I've i always found it, and I've done management in other roles, it is much easier to start as kind of a hard ass than it is try to get there once you're all smooth and happy and huggable and everything else like that. Like my job, or at least my job that I see it, is I have a goal. I don't know if that goal is a short-term goal or a long-term goal, but there's there's a series of goals. And the folks that are around me that, that, that I pay money to are there to facilitate some part of that. So it's my job to keep them on task and to get those things done. Now, with that being said, I'm never... I'm never, I never shout, I never, I mean, yeah, I cuss, but not, not in that, usually it's telling a bad joke, um, but it's, but it's a, there's definitely an area where as a manager of people, you have something to get done, whatever that is, um, and you have to motivate people in both reward and kind of in pain not pain like you're going to whip them but pain like uh, like there has to be consequences if they don't meet certain deadlines and things like that so so my theory on management and the thing that I find I get the most respect for is like laying it down on the line telling them you know by the end of this week we need to get this 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 and this done and then saying you're part of that what can i do to make sure that you get what you need and by the way at the end of the week we're either going to have pizza for lunch or i'm going to be kicking your ass out the door <laughs> right it's, it's either going to be those two ways and, sure. I, and i and it's it's not it's in and, and they're like okay but it's awesome because they know the boundaries like like we've laid it out that's mm -hmm. the thing and um and that's kind of how I do management. Like, it's really easy. Now, I haven't had to fire anybody in forever because my guys are awesome. Um, I can literally, they could literally walk up to me and say, okay, we got blah, 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 blah. I'm like, okay, well, we need to send in this, this, and this. And they're like, mm -hmm. okay, great. You're going to need to order some more wood. I'm like, okay, I'm on it. And then I can get back to the rest of those things or I can jump in and help them. Izzy, what do you, uh, what would you add to that or what other thoughts do you have? I mean, as far as what makes up a you know just a dick well, of a I manager think, i think joel just said something really important and you know i mean we're, we're just talking about you know I, I know that a lot of guys listening to this podcast will probably never be in a position where they're running a crew um but there are some key points that you can take away from this when you're you know delegating responsibility to yourself you know make yourself accountable if you have a deadline you know make sure you're planning the hours the materials make sure you're planning everything to get there 
definitely keep you hold yourself accountable to that. I think that was a very key point that Joel just touched on, is accountability. Um, and the other thing that I really liked what he said is, you know, he said he was willing to jump in. You know, that is important when you show your, um, you know, people that you work with or people that work for you that you're willing to do what it takes to get to the deadline as well. Uh, that that instills a lot of respect, and it, when you instill respect into a team of people, you look, you, they, you teach them to respect each other as well. And when you have a bunch of guys working together that respect each other. Not always, you know, but if you make it a fun environment and, and uh, you know, you try to teach, teach respect, you know, that's always a slippery slope when you're dealing with more than five or six or seven people. Um, but you try uh, and that you're willing to jump in and just, you know, get your hands dirty and get grubby and, you know, just bust ass to get things done. Um, that, that also instills in them that, you know, hey, you know, you're... You're not just pushing them. You're also willing to do what it takes. So, uh, you know, set examples. I've absolutely set examples for everyone. And that means, you know, doing what it takes to, to be a good example. I, you know, I, I've, I've seen people who work for guys that they just hate because they'll go into an office, come out, open a door and scream some kind of commands out the door. This needs and this needs to be done and shut the door and not come back out. And then if it doesn't happen right or doesn't happen on time, they, you know, they throw a fit. And, you know, you know, you know what I'm talking about. The bosses that will come out and scream, why isn't this done? Um Oh you know, yeah, that's that's no way to run a business. Yeah, and, those, uh, those guys don't—they never really earn respect in any way. That you know, I mean, that's and that's the thing is, um, I actually, if if I can uh, test the patience of, of both you and everyone listening, um, when I I've, I've been managing people for as long as I can remember. I, we had when I was 15 years old, me and a buddy started our own car stereo shop, and um, you know, back when giant speakers used to rattle your fillings loose and, and all that stuff and then um at some point that just translated into you know I, I was just always the guy who was louder than everybody else so they they always made me in charge right so um years ago i went to a uh, one of the companies i was working for was holding a uh, seminar basically they, when they promoted you to manager they took you and they sent you away for four days and they had these classes essentially that taught people okay, how to manage. One of the most profound things that I experienced during that class, not only in managing people, but just sort of in an attitude in general, um, is what I'll share. So it, there was a, uh, imagine sort of a, uh, a classroom and setting. This is essentially took place in a college setting. So imagine a classroom setting. You're all sitting there. It's all a bunch of people who are managers who are Salespeople, so it's Type A personalities, you know, everywhere. So it's as awful as you think it is, right? Um, this little unassuming gentleman comes walking in, puts a bag down on the podium, turns around on the whiteboard, and just starts writing these simple equations up. Right? One plus one is two. Four plus four is eight. You know, he goes through and he gets to the he gets to the very last one, and he's like, you know, seven plus seven is ninety-three. And he's got ten equations up there. In, in you know seven plus seven is ninety three. So I was hardly paying attention, or I'd have been the guy that got this lesson taught more publicly. But the guy raises his hand up, you know, sitting across the, the way from me. He goes, uh, "Excuse me." Now this guy hasn't introduced himself as the, the teacher. Right? He's just a dude came in and started writing you know numbers on a board, right? And the guy in the back goes, uh, "Excuse me, uh, seven plus seven. That's that's not ninety anything." 
And the guys will go out, hey, I appreciate it. My name is Bill. I'm going to be your instructor here. Um, one of the lessons I want to teach more so than anything is the attitude of a manager. Right? And he said, I've been doing this class for 10 years now, and this has never failed me one time. He said, but I did 10 math problems up on the board here. I did nine of them right. He said, I did a single one of them wrong. And the only one you wanted to point out to me is the one I did incorrectly. He said, and as a manager, it's the absolute wrong attitude to have. He said, if somebody is performing their job 90% of the time and they're doing it right, and the only time you point out anything is the one time they do something wrong, you're a poor manager of people. And I remember sitting there, like, it knocked the wind out of me at first because I was just like, that shouldn't be that profound, but what just happened? You know, <laughs> so it was like, because believe me, if I was paying attention, I'd have chastised him like a child for, you know, I'd have, I'd have the whole place roaring in laughter and then I'd be swallowing, you know, my foot one right after the other. <laughs> so, and, and that was something that stuck with me for a very long time as it was, and again, you know, now as a father and, you know, just just as a whole, if you can't point out the things that people do right and all you can point on and all you can focus on is the things that people do wrong. And, you know, for, for human beings, I mean, that's a psychological and sort of an evolutionary thing. You know, you, if you don't look for the problems, you know, you get eaten by the lion. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> that's, you know, it's, it's actually something you have to overcome in your DNA. We're always looking for the thing that's wrong because that could be the thing that's dangerous. But the the shift in mentality that you have to have is hey you know Izzy and Joel you know I, listen I appreciate you guys getting here you don't want to applaud people in a patronizing way you know hey thanks for making it at nine you know when you're supposed to but if I, if I'm only looking to beat you down and try to elevate myself as a as a person or you know as your manager and just keep a thumb on you in that way there's no respect between us and then you're not working for me to the best of your potential because I've never given you a reason to be proud and if I make you proud then we we take it to a different level because now you don't want to let me down and that feeling that emotion is way stronger than anything you could ever do my my grandmother actually told me that when I was <laughs> when my first daughter was born she said you know don't don't tell them you love them they know you right. love them. Tell them you're proud mm -hmm. of them, and then they never want to let you down. Yeah. And that's the the way I deal with people, especially the folks on my team. Is you know I I try to build them up and make them feel respected for the things they do right. And then when they do something wrong, they you know I don't shame them for it, but they feel that shame anyway. And, right. it's, and it's not intentional. It's, I'm not trying to play a mind game with them. It's just they know we expect better from them. You know, and if I have to come to them and have a conversation about it, you know, that, that there's a problem there, you know, because and if we have a problem, they know I'll go to war for them, you know, so mm -hmm. th there's there's a there's an aspect of that there. But having that that respect level has garnered me, you know, way better life, especially as a manager of people or an instructor of people or whatever the case is, because, you know, I, I it's not that you command respect, but people know that they have to give it to you you know it's just because you're not just there to beat them down to make yourself a better person so so, so if you had so in in i want to interject this because maybe maybe some people don't have a team of you know 10 people or five people or three people like i do um if you're starting a business and i think these things are still applicable would you not agree that 
being a manager of yourself almost in the same way, which is doing the work when it has to be done um, makes you a better person for both your job and when you get that, that first guy in, like when you hire your first guy. You know, where where you're where you literally have to just kinda like smack yourself in the face and say, Listen, buddy, we're in it together. We gotta get going. These things aren't gonna build themselves. You know, and you have to get on those. Mm-hmm. Well it absolutely I mean, you know, for me that that level of pride, um, you know, that translates to myself as well. So I I don't wanna let me down either. You yeah. know what I mean? So it's when I, I mean, listen, when you have a job, you know, particularly for the, the folks in my industry, you spend 45, 50 hours a week doing the not thing you want to do. You know, so it's like you're doing this for whatever reason. It's, you know, it's a job to pay your bills. It's a you know, whatever you're there for. You're spending time away from your family, your vacations, your hobbies, you know, your things. So it, for me, that's the same. I mean, if I'm going to commit myself and commit time and energy to something that isn't the thing I want to be primarily doing, I'm going to do it in a way that I'm proud of the work that I do and I don't let myself down either. So now, a lot of people aren't that way, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, but yeah, I mean, for me, that's, if if you're just there to do, you know, just to kind of coast, you're in the wrong job, first of all. You shouldn't do that. You should find something that motivates you to, to want to do something, you know what I mean? So if you're just sitting there bitching all day long because you don't have the thing you want or, you know, if, if you can't be proud of the work you're doing, do something else. I mean, Amen. stop to stop doing what you're doing today and do something else. Whatever, whatever that is, just do something different because you're poisoning Smart. everyone around you. Smartest thing that's been said in this podcast so far, right? There. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and I, I tell right, my guys. guys. <laughs> that's right. That's that's where we ended. I honestly, I tell my guys, I said, you know, this this business is, or at least for me, this isn't about making money. Money is a side product. Money keeps the lights on. Money pays their paychecks because their job is about money. But my job is I wanted to create a thing that that was fun, that I could wake up in the morning and be really excited that I'm going to do and be creative and, and energetic about things. And uh, it never felt like a job for me. Um, but I, it was still like I don't think that money is a good enough motivator for things. I mean, maybe in some work where where money is the only motivator, at least in mine because I get to be a little creative where we get to see, you know, customers that are really happy with the work we've done. Um that's always worth a lot more than money. Although for some reason I can't pay the electric bill with that. <laughs> so <laughs> Yes, Chase will um, take that feeling with your mortgage. Exactly, exactly. You know, I, I, I'm not going to agree with you on this one. Um, when it comes to what I did before, it was all about money. Uh, it was, I can build furniture for fun if and, and on my own, but if I want to, you know, generate an income or create this business, which I really wanted to be successful, uh, it the money was, you know, an absolute must. So it was the number one priority at all times, you know, was to make sure that all the numbers were there, everything was dialed in. So this business was creating income. And I would, you know, I there was designs I absolutely love to build. 
but I wouldn't do them because they didn't make enough money. So I'd, I'd drop them from a line and create a different line that was, you know, built quicker, a quicker build and still, you know, still made the same money. So, I mean, it was everything I made, everything I did, every decision I made around that business revolved around income. Maybe that's what I'm doing wrong. So, um, <laughs> you know, and it, it was, I mean, you know, for me it had to be because the furniture industry is a very hard, nasty, cutthroat industry. Uh, you have so many competitors out there and so many people, so many people that will steal your designs and build it or put it up on their website and try to duplicate it for, for their clientele. Uh, you have to be ever vigilant. You, you know, if you see people complaining about, you know, they're like on YouTube, we got our videos stolen all the time. Well, the furniture industry is, is the, is the same and it is more vicious and more violent and more, um, dirty than any YouTube channel I've ever seen. Um, you know, sorry guys, my mom's moving around the kitchen. Uh, that's fine. Uh, the, um, it's, it's her house after all. Right. It's, you know, it's, it's, um, so for me, it was always about money, you know, and it was always, I watchdog every, you know, every place I could watchdog to make sure they weren't stealing my designs or, or, you know, whatever. And that, that was, you know, unfortunately that was the part of the job. Um, but I, there was no reason that I couldn't have this thing that was highly motivated by money that couldn't be something really cool for the people that work there and for myself. So, um, you know, that was, you know, that was my hope was to create this environment of, of greatness and fun and, and, uh, Sorry, guys. I'm just, you know, I'm sitting at my mom's kitchen table. We're going to have to deal with it. Just leave it in, Mike. <laughs> hey, no, we're going to leave it in. I, I went out and spent a pile of money on a new microphone because people apparently thought I had COPD from uh, the, the crappy quality before. So, Well, they didn't see that you had that little mic that you were sitting right in front of your nose. I mean, it was like right the, under your nose. The Debbie, the Time Life operator uh, headset was probably a bad choice, but uh, hopefully we fixed that this episode. Right. I was, but, I was so, wondering if you were going to splurge for the football phone. Close. Oh. <laughs> <So>. Nice. <laughs> Well, right. see, the uh, you know question for um, so I mean you know obviously the money is the motivator right but yeah you just said that you know this the industry you're in is basically just a head bash dog eat dog world I mean you could have made money doing a thousand other things what what made you choose furniture because I loved it so I love design I, it wasn't necessarily I didn't like production work but I absolutely love design I love the rustic industry. It's a, it's such a niche market that if you have a great product that no one else has and you can produce them, you're going to sell them. I mean, it's that simple, you know. And to this day, and I have have hinted on it at several podcasts and several events that no one is making birch bark twig mosaic furniture on a production level inside the United States. Period. I've no seen one to, is. I'm seeing. Uh, I believe I've heard that before. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, hint, hint, nudge, nudge, wink, wink, fellas. Are you saying, are you saying there's a giant market for that, Izzy? Oh, yeah. And it, well, it's it's fairly, you know, it's fairly uh, geographical. You know, upstate New York, uh, Big Sky Country, Montana, Jacksonville, Wyoming, uh, Northern California, a little bit happening up in Washington now. But those are the places that you can sell this stuff to and you can sell two or three million dollars a year worth of it with you know 10 or 15 employees and it's worth it so if you want to work crazy hours and deal with all the headaches and you know all that other stuff so. and, and be your own boss and yeah be your own boss um 
you know, I mean, what what is that? The business owners are the only people in the world that'll work eighty hours a week to get out of working a forty hour a week job. Yeah, is that, yes. isn't, isn't that how it goes? Yeah. So, I always like um, the meme that says, "Oh, that's so sweet." I remember my first forty hour a week. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, but you know, well, back to the money thing. Yeah, I mean, if you're not, you know, when you go into business for yourself, and you know, whether you're going to be working for yourself, and you just you set yourself a param set parameters for yourself and stick to them. You know, let them be your guideline. You know, if I'm if I'm going to do this thing, and I have to dedicate fifty hours a week to doing this thing to make X amount of dollars, so I can grow this thing and pay my bills. Put the time in, you know. Um, drinking yeah, coffee really, and smoking, drinking you, coffee and smoking cigarettes for the first three hours of the morning, it isn't paying your bills. Yeah, you really do have to be your own taskmaster. I mean, you have to, yeah. you have to literally sit yourself down sometime and say, yes, Facebook is really interesting right now, but yeah. Facebook does not actually pick up the hammer. Sure, and if you can't manage yourself, I mean, this is this is a great this is a great key point here. If you can't manage yourself, if you can't manage to stay on task, you know, get things done, do what you're supposed to do instead of watching Facebook or drinking coffee and staring at the clouds, don't attempt to manage other people. If you can't manage yourself, you're not going to be good at managing other people. So you know, that's that would be my measurement to your, if you want to if you're thinking about that next step of hiring people, you know, think about first, can you manage yourself? If you can manage yourself, then yes. You know, if you can't manage yourself, stop right there. Hire someone else to manage the people for you. <laughs> you yeah. know, whatever you gotta do. So I'll tell you what, and there's a there's a funny flip side because you just mentioned that and also you mentioned about pitching in. And i I found just there's a weird transition at some point where your job is going to be different than the people that you hire. Like, your mm -hmm. first guy is going to, like, shadow you, right? Mm -hmm. You're going to be like, listen, pick up the other end of that. We need to flip it. Let's get those legs put on. I'll take these two. You take those two. Like, we'll figure it I'm talking about furniture, by the way. Nobody sure. make any rude <laughs> we, comments. We, we were so, that. Right. So, uh, I was thinking furniture or brothel. But, uh, right, right. So, please continue. Uh, so, but but so, so the, then the second person comes in, and then you can kind of pair them up, and you do something, maybe the third and fourth. But at some point, like, your job requirement is going to change. No longer can you sit there on the spindle sander and do ivy, you know, edges to your thing because you have payroll to do or you have to talk to 15 sales guys or you need to go order you know spakes uh you know or whatever the thing you're ordering because you need that hardware um yeah. and that like for today i actually looked at my phone today because i was talking to my my guy that does most of the wood stuff that we buy so my lumberyard guy gary super nice guy we get along great. He calls me Senior Hole, although he's not Spanish. We just happen to have a funny conversation. Um, and uh, I looked down, and after I'd gotten through my list and asking the questions, he's ordering hardwood lumber isn't like ordering a pizza. There's 15 different variations, and what they may have in today is different what they had in yesterday. So the, the end result was I spent 14 minutes on the phone with him. I spent 14 minutes of my day ordering six different types of lumber to come in next week. 
And I couldn't have told my guys to do that because they don't have the information. I mean, they get halfway there. They understand what they need, but they don't know the specifics of it. Right. But that's 14 minutes they were doing, they were sanding page pals. Right? And right. I couldn't be there sanding page pals because that's not my job anymore. Right. Like, like that's, well, that is where I kick in. Yeah, but you guys would understand, I mean, and my guys did too, that there's a management aspect to the business as well, like selling and get taking orders and all that stuff. But I'm not, and I'm not saying that, you know, uh, that wasn't a very important part of what I did because it was, but they understood that that was an important part of what I did because it kept money coming in the door so they could feed sure. their kids. Mm -hmm. sure. uh, but, you know, when I was a, when, when push came to shove and we were running behind on getting an order out, you, I wouldn't be in the office. I would be downstairs, you know, with my sleeves cut off and, uh, you know, my tool pouch on. Uh, you know, so th and they respected that. And, you know, we were talking about uh, that the other day with a friend of mine um, who worked there for a short time. Uh, he he loved it. You know, I whenever we get a big order come in, we always had this, you know, kind of ritual. I'd come running in the door and say, we got a big one, boys. And the, everybody would start roaring and getting all excited and, you know, start passing out the, you know, the assignments to who's going to be building what. And these guys would go, I mean, I can't even tell you. After a while, it was like clockwork. These guys knew exactly what to do, where to go, what had to be done. By within a half an hour, I would have a materialist in front of me of what needed to be ordered. And it would be done. You know, I mean, it just happened. And it was the most exciting thing in the world for me to see something like that and to be part of that it was just you know just this whole mentality of we are a team together we will put this together and make this work and everyone did their part you know yeah, and it was really fun to bring new people in uh who, who you know with when we would do something like this and they would just be watching with their eyes would be this big because we all knew exactly what we had to do um once it went in order like that came in so it was it was really a great i, I miss it that's you know, the part funny, of it I miss. It's funny you say that too, because in our in our team, when we bring somebody new in, we always tell them like uh, we treat them like pledges, you know, basically, like you know, it's, it's almost to a fraternity, because the <laughs> the group of people that we have, you know, I, I'm I'm not big on the whole family thing either. We don't really say that, but I mean, it's we we basically, you know, to some extent, we become you know sort of a, a weird little fraternity. You know, yeah, people. This is, you know, what we do is very specific to us. You know, we are, you know, you take on sort of, a, you know, with with what I do in finance, there's so many competitors that, you know, you take on sort of this tribalism about, you know, we're, we're going after so and so or we want to be as big as so and so, or, you know, so there's always that stuff, right? But, um, so yeah, but it, it really is. It's a fraternity. It's almost like jumping somebody into a gang, except, you know, without the elbows and the, having to knock over somebody with a pistol um you know type of thing but yeah I mean, it's basically the same that same type of mentality and where the the thing that i've I, i've been fortunate because in most of the places i've worked i haven't had to balance the responsibility between you know kind of the thing you guys are talking about finding the balance of responsibility to the company then to the employees, then to yourself, you know, because in some places your responsibility to the company may not necessarily be, you know, the, the congruent with the responsibility of the people that work there. You know, I mean, they, the, it, you may have opposing, uh, you know, sort of north to north pole type magnet thing going on there where the things the company needs requires you to ask more of the employees than they actually, you know, care to give or can give you know what I mean so and that's one thing for me is I've been lucky to where I've, I haven't had a company you know responsibility to a company that forced me to treat people 
in a certain way, you know, or a way that I didn't want to treat them, you know. So and I've seen that. That really sucks. I feel bad for people that work for places <laughs> like that. You know, it's like um, every call center in the world. Well, and I mean. It, we're really more of a you know a glorified version of that. You know, I mean, it's just we we happen to be slightly more professional and and better on our feet than you know we don't have to read the script. You know what I mean? So press F five if they say this type of thing. You know, it's you have to know your craft and sort of understand you know what you're talking about. And you have to be a counselor to some extent for what we do. You're not just there as a customer service representative. So. Um, you know, although I have a call center environment, we aren't that, you know, that, that rigid where, you know, you when you get up to pee, you got to clock out. And when you come back in, you know, we don't have to deal with that stuff. Which no, because is, you have, you're a professional environment instead of like, oh yeah. like what would be the modern equivalent to a um, cattle farm. Yeah, right. basically Amazon for call centers, you know, <laughs> where every moment is tracked. And there's places in our town here that, that are like that. I mean, you know, you you literally raise your hand to get up to go to the bathroom, you know, because the, yeah. the, the company wants to know. They, they want that much efficiency out of you. Right. And you end up with uh, less efficient crazy. people that way. You know, I mean, it's just... Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. We're talking about a whole different world here. I mean, what Joel and I did, and what what Joel does, what I did, what you do, are all really very different things. Um, you know, and, and I like the way uh, some people are good at managing certain uh, things. And like myself, take myself. You know, I'm going to use myself as an example. I am great at managing shops. I'm good at managing production and how to get things done. In fact, I had a consulting company for a while that would go in and help furniture companies set up their production lines and train teams to get products done faster. Uh, on the on the other side of that, like with T- TMA, with Toolmasters Association, with my online presence, I suck at managing that stuff. I am terrible um, because my my whole world is very physical. You know, everything I've ever done has been very uh, tangible. Tangible. Um, and that's so that's so abstract to me. I mean, you know, that's more linear than it is than it is abstract. I do well abstract with that linear stuff. I, I don't I don't manage it well. In fact, uh, I'm you know that's why I have a team of people helping me on Team A, and that's why I have one particular person that I'm kind of training to more or less take over that type of stuff because I I'm terrible. And it isn't that I don't want to be on top of it. It's just that I don't remember. I make notes. I lose the notes. I just, there's a whole slew of things that need to happen that I, I don't do because it's not sitting in front of me. It's not this thing I can grab and, and touch and feel and shape. It's this very, to me, it's this weird computer place world that, you know, I, I swear to God, I'm not kidding you. I, I have dreams. Like the computer, you, you can look, you can go through it and there's like this weird network of Tron everywhere and, you know, there's things that are happening there that I don't understand. So, you know, I, I just, it's a very scary place for me. And um, uh, it's one of those things that I'm learning, you know, that, as much as anyone else is. And, uh, you know, I'm very grateful for all the help that I get on that sort of, on that side of it. Uh, so it's a whole different world. I mean, you can be really good at managing one particular thing or, or a, a method or a group and be not very good at another. You know, and if I had to step into your shoes, Mike, I, my management style, what I did, how I did things would not work for what you do. So that's another thing to consider when you're, you know, thinking about becoming a boss is what, you know, what is it exactly doing? And do you work well within that environment and how can you manage that? You know, so good, good point. You know, it's a matter of perspective. It's like um, two makers, you know, going 
talking to each other going, you're the bomb, man, you're the bomb. Well, that's a great thing. Well, if you go, you know, you have two Al-Qaeda guys going, you're the bomb, you're the bomb. They're arguing. So <laughs> that's not a good thing. So it's just a matter of perspective. You have an awful lot of terrorists. Uh... <laughs> well, you started it, so I, you know, I can still blame it on you. Berkey's not here, so it's your fault. Joel. I, I no, take I'm, zero yeah. responsibility. I want the FBI, as they're perusing through this, to, to know no, that came from Georgia. That no, was not. I'm, I, and I have to apologize for alienating, you know, one-third of the continent, you know, so. Yes. <laughs> Our both listeners. Both listeners. Yeah, I, you know, I just wanted to, I thought it was important to make that point that, mm-hmm. you know, there are different management styles, there are different situations where being the boss is going to be different, and, um, you know, uh, for us, in the we're in, largely in the maker world, in the production world, for those who are thinking about starting businesses and producing this product and doing this thing, you have to find your own style, your own method, and there's lots, lots of people out there that can help you. I, I never, I've never been to any training for management. I, I, I had a couple of great guys that I worked for when I was very young. One was a guy named Nick Morris who owned a log home company. I worked for him. Largely, what I did came from what he did, and he he set a really great example for me. And what he did worked really well, so that's what I took with me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I mean, it's all about perspective and style and and what you're going to be managing. Well, it, it, I mean, there are. I, I I don't disagree with you on that. And this this, but I mean, as far as your um, management style, I mean, if you can't, you, you have to say what you mean. First of all, people who are sure. passive aggressive, they're just jackasses, and, and they they deserve whatever terrible things happen to them. So I mean, you know, if you if you can't say what you mean, um, that's a problem. So if if you're the type of person that if you can list off 15 things that absolutely make you crazy about everybody you work with and nothing good about the people you work with you're you're a terrible manager you know so yeah if if you can't if you can't find anything good about what you do or if you're not proud of the job you do um, or if you're really proud of the job you do you're probably a terrible manager I mean it's you know that's um, you know if you think that that the company only exists because of you you know and, and you give no credit to the people that work under you uh, that's just, I mean, <clears throat> for what I do, you know, especially, you know, with Joel and, and, and you, as you, when you're doing the furniture thing, if the guys that, that show up to work, you know, not that they're irreplaceable, if that's even a word, I don't even know if that is. I might have just made that up. But, you know, not that you, you can't replace them, but if they don't build the thing, like the thing doesn't get built, the money doesn't get made, you know, so, so they're important to the process. And as a manager, if you don't recognize that and treat them, to some extent that way. I mean, you know, you don't want to, you have to be the guy in charge, you know, right. that's, you, you always have to be that, right? But if you well, can't yeah, recognize, ten, you know, the, the teepee doesn't get put up unless you got somebody there telling where to put the poles. Oh yeah. And, so. but you know, but you have to recognize that the people that do the job are important and they're important yeah. to you. They're important to the organization. I mean, you can replace anybody. You know, I mean, there's not, you know, it doesn't, you know, it's Steve Jobs is, you know, the smartest guy in the world. He leaves and they put another guy in his place. The company still runs, you know what I mean? So it's just, no one can, there's not a single thing that's going to, you know, happen if you leave that can't be fixed. You know what I mean? So, but you got to recognize that. So, I mean, that's just, if, if you're, you know, the, the management styles and stuff can change and they can vary, but you have to have those things. And, and basically all you're doing is just building a, 
building a platform to re, you know that people will respect you you know i mean that's just if they don't respect you you're absolutely i mean even you know on your your youtube channel i mean people don't go to your youtube channel you know just because you're creative and, and you know all of a sudden they respect that you know what you're doing you're a little bit out of your mind um you know and there's a but there's a level of respect knowing that you're genuine you know your success is a matter is a product of that you know you're a genuine guy you say what you you say what you mean you do the things you know there's there's nothing that i can look at just looking at you know sort of your online presence where i can say well i expected this but i got that you know yeah. I, I don't have that you know so it's I, this is what i expected is exactly what i got you know, mm-hmm. so all you're doing is building a platform of respect. I mean, that, that's all it is. I mean, so man, regardless I'm, I'm of just, how your style is different I'm feeling, or how it changes, I'm feeling the feels that, that right now, man. I'm I'm getting all kind of mushy inside. Thank you, brother. Put your put your shirt back on. How do we do this virtual hug thing? I heard about it. We, so. There the, uh, the you know it's. I was watching. I was playing on our Instagram account. Did I? By the way, did I mention our Instagram account, Mike? Do you know? At Maybe Podcast? At Maybe Podcast, yeah. That's also our Twitter handle, by the way. Twitter, um, Instagram, and what's, what's our Facebook? Yep. What's our Facebook page again? Uh, maybe I've said too much. I believe it's right. maybe I've said too much. I you think guys maybe. You're going to have to show me how to share that from, from my cell phone. We'll, we'll work with you there, Izzy. <laughs> okay, no, thank you. I, no. I, don't, I don't have that much patience. That's, that's <laughs> one of the things I don't possess. <laughs> I, I draw the line. I don't um, delegate that responsibility to right, someone else. I was watching. I was watching actually uh, um, the Toolmasters Association Instagram account, and I don't know if you're doing it or somebody else is doing it. But they Chad put does it. Chad does it, and Chad put up a little clip of. Do you remember that asinine time where you decided to make a ball with a jig and a and a portable <laughs> handheld circular saw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He did. He did a like a 10 second sped up clip of you rotating this, you know, log piece against a uh, four-inch flying blade midair. Yeah, it was, a, it was a big old chunk of hickory log. It was yeah. awesome. Yeah. Because of course it was. Of course it was. And I thought, I thought, that's insane. I wonder if anybody else has ever felt that. Do you ever get anything? Do you, like, do you ever, people ever, like, hey, I built your, you know, thing. Not with stuff, stuff like that. I've, as far as I know, as, as far as I know, I'm the only person that's ever made a bowling ball on a table saw, ever. And the only person that's ever made a, you know, four-inch diameter hickory ball with a circular saw, as far as I know. Yeah. And, yeah. and I mean, that, you know, just as a matter of speaking for OSHA, I mean, that's probably the way that should be. I mean, I don't yeah, think, I, but, you know, there's, to our there's, listeners, there's an understanding the of, God, of physics. Please don't go out there and try doing that. I don't know. That's Disclaimer, you know, um, I, I'm, not, I'm not big on saying go, don't try this at home, but there are things that, that just should never be done unless you completely understand the physics of what is happening. Listen, Izzy's not going to say it, but I'll say for him if you see something on izzy's youtube channel you should not do that thing unless you bought the plans if you bought the plans from his website which you know link in the description below um (laughs) thanks for the plug sir if you bought the plans from his website then you should you could build that thing if you want to build a picnic table that folds up into a shoebox, as long as you bought the plan do that but if you see him just off the you know off the cuff knock a tree out of the ground and then turn the root ball into a you know into a beating heart with a chainsaw don't, don't do that you don't want to yeah, do that no, no <laughs> there's, a, do there's that. a 
you know, there's a reason I never get hurt doing it, and uh, knock on wood. Uh, but there's a, there's a, you have to understand the physics of what's going on, and if you don't, it's so easy to screw up and get damaged. Just don't do it. I thought you were going to say because you have a great editing team. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I could use one. You know anybody? So. You can CGI the fingers back on. I, I have both a great editing team and a good surgeon. Yes. <laughs> yep. and, you know, I mean, you did get brain surgery today. So, I did. Um, I did. And you're here. You're here now. They gave so you, you one. He must be great. <laughs> yeah, they they finally installed one properly this time. Uh, I've had I've had problems for lots of years from the dealership. While we have a hole here, let's stuff some gray matter in here. <laughs> That's right. Did I, Izzy? Did I ever tell you how I um, show my guys on the table saw what kickback is if they're unaware? No. Right. Okay. So, so, uh, so I intentionally do kickback every time, which if you're not a table saw operator, you won't understand it, and it'll sound fairly benign, but it is horrible. Um, it's a lot like uh, playing, like shooting trap or skeet, and mm-hmm. like throwing the the pigeons from just in front of the shooter. That's pretty much like it may or may not skim your ear or hit you. Um, but you're probably going to be just fine. Um, that's, that's pretty much how, how table saws work. And so what I do is we open the big bay door and, uh, George, our paramatic table saw is in the opposite direction. So I just, I just start chucking pieces of wood, pieces of two by four that are a foot and a half or, or maybe a little bit longer than that. And I just take it on the blade that maybe two inches up and I'll just go, see what happens when you just tilt these a little bit. And I'll do it from the backside of it. So it's, so I'm standing on the other side of it. So I'll drop wood on it. And all of a sudden you hear and out shoots this four pound chunk of wood out the back door, 40 feet at 150 miles an hour. It's, it's actually, uh, we need to come up with a game of it, and it, you really should come down to the shop because I bet you would make a great video if we could do like a <laughs> like a bullseye target about 25 feet away, and like do it like skeet, like like yeah. you know. You ever, you ever see those memes of you know the hold my beer memes? Yes. <laughs> Joel just did one. Yeah, yeah, for yeah, sure. That's, okay, that's hey, how I teach you see- safety. <laughs> If you see yeah. Izzy doing something nonsensical uh, on his YouTube channel, uh, don't do that. And then there's Joe, hold my beer. Hold my yeah. beer. <laughs> no, that's, I, I'm Take pretty sure hold my beer should be the motto of my life. Two by four on it. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I ought to do yeah. it. <laughs> Sorry. Well, well it's, right. it's, it's very hard to explain to somebody because kickback happens is one of the weird things that happens that you can never really, like sometimes it's, it's just going to happen. There's no yeah. way around it. When I'm when I'm ripping down stuff on the table saw, I'm wearing a face mask these days because I've had knots fly out of things. I've it's a very violent process to get something down to where we can get it usable on rough wood. Um, mm-hmm. And so the idea of kickback isn't isn't how it's when. And so the idea is, you know, you just need to be prepared for it, and it doesn't need to scare the ever-loving Christ out of yourself because that's when you start swinging your hands around trying to hold things and 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 put things, and you put your hands right into the blade. Hey, Joel, um, you know where you don't get kickback? What's that? On a laser. On a laser. That's true. <laughs> you don't. You should get one of those. You yeah. don't. Well, do you guys know? Do you guys know William Osmond? 
He's a YouTuber. Mm. Okay, so you'll need to watch, look him up. You need to watch an episode that he did maybe two or three back. He's a very funny kid, got a great personality. He made a homemade laser, and he wanted, somebody wanted to know if laser glasses protect your eyes from the laser beam because you know the light is intense and it's very directional and even the reflections of that when hitting your cornea can damage it severely so he, I swear to god he got some laser goggles that he wears anyway he has some regular goggles um, both by the way work for our type lasers the CO2 lasers but he also got a bag full of pig eyes just Ew. just pig eyes Oh yeah. yeah, you gotta watch it because it sounds as horrible as it should sound. So anyway, and I and I can't imagine that they smell very good either. Oh no, no. I, that's <laughs> one so, of my many one of my many brief college jobs was working in, in a tannery for Wolverine shoes. Oh, that must have Rock, stunk. Rockford, Michigan. That was a terrible smelling job. So, so did you have the big bins where you tossed in like the lion stuff? We, we had these giant, uh, they looked like humongous wine barrels. I mean, they were literally, I don't know, 30 feet long and 15 feet in diameter. And we would dump, we would use forklifts to dump giant amounts of pig skins, fresh, freshly skinned pig skins from the butcher farm into them. And then you'd dump all these chemicals in. And that would be the, the you know, they'd sit there and turn for a couple of days. That was the beginning of the tanning process. And it was the nastiest smelling crap ever. Yeah. Now that we've grossed everybody out on the podcast. Uh, I was going to say, the worst I can remember in my history is I worked for a Bavarian pretzel in Riverside Mall in upstate New York. And uh, that was very aromatic, but in a very, very good way. <laughs> so that's, there was... Yeah, we're we're yeah. gonna we're gonna call you right. sheltered, Mike. I'm pretty sure like yes, the seven people do. that are listening. I, I, I don't want the experiences you guys are talking about. I'm I'm glad yeah. that I've not participated. So yeah, I, and I'm pretty sure out of the seven people that listen to the podcast, we now only have two left. So. Yes, <laughs> we're not gonna be happy until we build an audience of a million people and then lose them all in one episode. That's right. So. That's right. I hope so. <laughs> so. The um. All right. So real but, quick, we need to we need to do a couple of things. Just kind of you. You know, office house cleaning kind of things. We already talked about our Instagram account. Mike, what is that again? At Maybe Podcast. At Maybe Podcast. So you should also stop. The also the Twitters. Also the Twitters. And uh, and we got the Facebook page. But but we're gonna we're gonna start asking some questions because we want you to ask three professionals. <laughs> Sorry. You, yeah, uh, you said that out loud. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have said that. I know. We, we want you to to ask us things that, that might interest you in in maybe making a decision process of branching out on your own, either starting a competing business that maybe you're a part of now, or um, maybe taking some of your skills that you're making as a hobby and turn them into a profitable hobby or a business hobby or even a business. Um, and uh, if there's anything that, that we haven't talked about or if there's anything that you want to get a uh, better grasp on, we've probably done it. We've probably screwed it up, and we can probably tell you how not to screw it up. So, yeah. so drop us a, a, in our email addresses, the guys at maybe I've said too much.com. That's the guys mm -hmm. at maybe I've said too much.com. 
Well, and also just to concave some of this a little bit, and that's shortened for those of you that didn't have an English teacher. The um, maybe I've said too much. dot com is the portal that'll take you to everything as well. So you can, uh, if you don't remember the at maybe podcast on Twitter or Instagram, maybe I've said too much. The website uh, will take you to that. Our Facebook page. Um, you can send us emails. You can do whatever tagging thing you do on Instagram or. Twitter or get to our Facebook page, send us or messages on there. Even listen to our stuff. audio. You can, you, uh, by the way, uh, big, big shout outs and, and verbal hugs to uh, Mr. Wes Swain um, for the website that the, uh, you can oh, listen on Oh, not that guy again. Jeez. Yeah. yeah, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. He's, <laughs> I mean, he should be there. Yeah. But, uh, there, there needs yeah. to be more Wes. So we'll, we'll do a whole podcast just dedicated to Wes one day, I'm sure. Yeah, so, I'm sure. So, yeah. Six thousand. Yeah, exactly. When when we get uh, when we get past um, well, our our next episode, which will probably yes. come out in another seven or eight months. So yeah. uh, really, uh, really quickly, guys, the because uh, we're 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 breaking the uh, the one hour mark here probably by about ten minutes at this point. But the uh, not that any of our seven listeners care. The two. They've all fallen asleep. That we got rid of and you know, wherever that. But um, so uh, shameless plugs, Izzy. Uh, tell me where to find you so that I might view your things and buy your stuffs. Everything Izzy can be seen at IzzySwan.com. You can also find me on YouTube at YouTube forward slash Izzy Swan. Oh, yeah. Um, I Instagram. Like, I, like how that, yeah. I, I like how that rhymes. IzzySwan.com. Yeah. yeah, right? And that, that rolls or, off the tongue real nice. Or at least it's alliteration so, or something. It's somewhere right? close between those two things. And yes. before too long, not too far down the pipe, you'll be able to find me at Stealing Fire Studios. And that's um, all I'm saying about that. We're going to... We little teaser. Tease. Little teaser, guys. Yep, coming down the pipe. Are you, so, you going to have bunk beds? Days. Because I'm going to need a bunk bed, and, and I want There are going to be bunk beds, and there's going to be like a motorcycle, like a full-size motorcycle that you can sit on, made entirely out of wood. There's going to be a disco ball, I'm pretty sure. Sweet. Yes. With lasers, <laughs> with uh, maybe not lasers. <laughs> lasers because I just, I just heard, <laughs> I just learned that they can burn your cornea or retina right, right out of your eyeballs. So I'm pig. thinking maybe, um, maybe just some colored lights. Yeah, they are very yeah. dangerous for pigs. Yes. Yes. No. So, Joel, no. tell us where they can, uh, where, where the where the seven listeners can find you, sir. Well, you you can always uh, you can always go to my Instagram account, and that's uh, MD Woodshop. And uh, you can check out what we do in our shop every day at um, missingdigitwoodshop.com. Yes, yes. And you guys can find me at uh, maybe I've said too much.com. I, uh, my only online career is hosting this show. So I cry when no one's looking. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for another spirited and, and fantastic decision and uh, or decision, discussion. Sorry, it's getting to be 11 o'clock here, so the words yep. are starting to blend. But um, thank you very much to everybody. Please send us some comments. Let us know how the uh, you know the feedback. Uh, thank you very much to all of you who are concerned about my COPD. Um, that was just microphone placement. I'm actually not dying of any pulmonary diseases, and hopefully the audio is better now. Um, <laughs> so we do listen when you make comments, good or bad. So please let us know what you're thinking. If you have any comments, questions, things you want us to talk about, we are always interested in your feedback. And uh, we would like to bid you a good evening and adieu until the next episode. All right. Very good, guys. Hey, um, Joel.
Joel, you want to see my balls? I made them on a table saw. Uh, hey, now, be careful. <laughs> this is, you know, going out to those poor people.